Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Bexon. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Matt Rosenstiel. If you remember, Matt was back on episode 14. But before we get into Matt, I've had quite a few people asking me why I do these podcasts. So I thought I'd just kind of throw it out there so that you guys are aware. I've been helping people basically invest in this country for 17 years since I've been here. Um, again, the intricacies of investing in Costa Rica is always... Uh, interesting, should we say, because there are lots of kind of laws and regulations, especially when it comes to building, buying land. Uh, and also, again, just giving people the advice and uh, not making the mistakes that I've made over the 17 years, probably losing close to a couple of million dollars here, um, having built, constructed, overbuilt, uh, overpaid, etc. So just trying to get that information kind of out there. If anybody does want um, basically to get my opinion or would like me to look at something uh, or would like help investing here in Costa Rica, you can reach out to me directly, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info, I-N-F-O at investing. Costa Rica.com. Well, let's get straight into it with Matt. As you guys remember, Matt was on episode 14, uh, and I thought it would be good to get him back on, get a bit of an update to see where the market is, trends that he's seeing, and in, um, you know what investments uh, opportunities are in his neck of the woods. Uh, for, if you guys remember, for anyone listening to the podcast, uh, Matt's actually based in Junquial. Uh, this is between Nosada and Tamarindo. Uh, it's an Area that recently got asphalt roads, has great infrastructure, has titled beachfront land, which you don't see often here in Costa Rica, uh, great condos and also villas. I think it's a great long-term investment play, uh, as well as a good destination for anyone that's looking for a more kind of real uh, and relaxed beach town. Remember, if you've got any questions for Matt or for me personally, uh, you can reach out to us. Um, you can also put stuff inside the comments. Uh, and please remember, guys, to subscribe and also give us some good reviews back so that we can spread this greatness uh, on this podcast. Thanks, guys. And let's get straight into it. Good afternoon, Matt. How are you doing? Amazing. How about you, Richard? Very, very good. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back on the podcast. I was actually going through the podcast the other day and I was like, you were episode 14. That was quite a while ago. Wow. I yeah. was your 14th episode and now it's 62. 62. Yeah, I believe so. I keep losing. Congratulations. Track. Thank you very much. <laughs> They've become I pretty popular. Being... No, absolutely. It's always special to be invited on for the 62nd episode of something. Oh, thank you very much. It is a special number. <laughs> well, let's get straight into it. Um, I mean, it's again, it's been over six months probably since we last spoke. Um, you know, I mean, what have you seen in those six months? Um, and I mean, have you seen a change in your customers? You know, what are they buying? I mean, give us an idea of what's happened in those six months and what you, you know, what has changed? Yeah, well, I made a huge uh, decision in May of last year to go independent. And in the six months, uh, the second half of 2021, um, I was looking back at everything that closed in that timeline, June through December. In Hunkial, where I live, you know, we're sort of known as this place that was traditionally attractive to retirees and very much, uh, you know, an older audience, generally speaking. Uh, of the 21 transactions that closed in this area in that time period, uh, you saw only seven really retirement age people that came through me, and the rest were a mixture of you know, somewhat younger, maybe they're 50 to 55 and still working, working remotely, a lot of families and some actually pretty young couples um, picking up different investments because they may have cash from their, you know, hugely successful career in the US. 
And now they're looking to diversify and also sort of set themselves up for a dream. And it's, you know, you've got people like that buying and planning on moving their family down here. You know, I think you mentioned a good word there, which is diversification, which is, you know, what I tell a lot of people um, basically about is, you know, diversify your portfolio a little bit, you know, outside of the US, down here to Costa Rica, um, you know, just because it's smart. You know, we've got, you know, inflation coming, you know, some of that is probably not going to hit as hard down here as it will be in the US. Um, but I think it's important to have a diversification portfolio, but what I'd like to call a lifestyle investment, which is you get to enjoy it as well. I mean, you don't get really get to enjoy shares. Um, yeah. You get to enjoy a Costa Rican property. For sure. And I think there's definitely the continuing awakening of people who realize that life isn't just about waiting until you're 65 and you have an absolutely fixed pension and a, you know, Yep. stable income to be able to make it for the next 20 years. Uh, I think recently, especially with the pandemic and people's stress in general, you just see people ready to make life-changing decisions. And honestly, it's really, you know, trying to look at uh, in the crystal ball and guess where these investments will be valued, how much rental income people will be making next year at this juncture, the only thing that we know is that it's pretty unpredictable and you know volatile in that sense. Yep. Uh, but we can definitely tell people, uh, you know, getting yourself in front of more good weather, uh, enjoying a relaxing lifestyle where maybe you're only working seventy-five percent, you're doing that remote, or maybe you've taken your kids to a place where you feel they're getting a better up, you know, opportunities and really growing as human beings. And we'll see where the numbers land. I think nobody buying in now will never see another bumper opportunity to sell their property. Uh, you know, there might be volatility ahead, but you know, the best investors are going to be the ones that are patient, who are really buying in for that lifestyle, you know, upgrade, who want to keep their property for the long haul and not necessarily hope to just make a great deal now and flip it in two years. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your prediction for 2022. Um, I mean, let's, you know, I've started to ask this to people just because I'm, I'm just interested to see 2020. Well, we know what 2020 was like, you know, it was, it was very quiet. There was some stuff starting to happen, but our borders were closed until November. 2021 went absolutely nuts on the real estate front and investment front. You know, I mean, I think it's probably the best year Costa Rica has ever seen. Uh, and I even say that just having spoken to people, you know, better than 06, better than 07, uh, just stuff was just moving really, really quickly. I mean, but based on 2022, do you think it's going to slow down? Do you think it's going to speed up? You know, I always try to guide people what my perspective is and not be the one making the prediction, but instead informing other people's predictions. And when I'm talking to clients right now, you know, I think that 2022, there's so much built in momentum going from 2021, you know, we have people that are just now arriving in Costa Rica who still are going to be closing these real estate deals in May, June, July, August. Yep. Right now, we're all still running around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to keep up with the movement happening. Uh, there's lots of deals already in the pipeline. It doesn't look like for the next two months, you're going to see anything slowing down here in Guanacaste. And so, yeah, looking at 2022, I feel extremely confident that by 
August, we will still have closed a lot of real estate in the area just based on this current surge. Yeah. September, October, November, December can be defined by whatever happens coming up in February, March, you know, yep. we've got a U.S. government that can barely raise the budget limit every single time. That could be a disruption in the market. You've got all kinds of weird debt floating around in the system that could sort of create a financial shock here at any moment. Um, not to sound pessimistic, I of hope course. that all of these problems won't happen, but um, to me, you look at these conditions and you just think, okay, prepare for whatever scenario that no one sees coming or that we might be surprised by and, you know, try to keep your head above water, look at the broader context. And even if you're someone who's pessimistic thinking that, yeah, there might be some kind of hiccup coming down the pipeline, you can still buy a condo. Don't buy it in an over, you know, inflated ultra hot market where you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars of premium just to be right there. Yep. That's kind of a crazy play right now. But if you find a spot that you love, if you're willing to hold it for 10 years or 15 or 20, it's just as good a time as any uh, to purchase something. Yeah, we'd spoken on, uh, I think, two podcasts ago to Michael Schatz. He was an advisor for Volks and Engel. And he was just talking about the spread in the US, that what you get in at and then what, you know, how much more it can go is probably not, there's not that much more there. Whereas in Costa Rica, you know, for like in the States for $500,000, you know, in some areas, it doesn't get you much. Whereas $500,000 here in Costa Rica, you know, depending on where you go, can get you quite a bit. Um, you know, I was, someone was blown away the other day uh, that, that, you know, we're building luxury treehouse villas in, in Mamon Antonio on for uh, Arenas del Mar at the moment. And they were blown away that we could build one for $600,000. They were like, dude, these are like $3 million, you know, on, you know, in, in California. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're not in California, though. That's the thing. To me, that's the clarity, you know, the clear difference between a real estate market where you've got, I don't know how many billion or trillion dollars fueled through mortgages versus a market that's fueled only by cash where you know you don't see a location become so crazily overhyped except to the people who can actually put up that money and there's just not fluctuations based on that excessive liquidity in the market where yeah overnight a trillion dollars of home values can disappear in the u.s because you've got so much leverage down here, it takes you know a lot more to shift uh, solid real estate prices that are based on what people could actually afford to pay for a property. In many cases, obviously, there are Costa Ricans buying. There yep. are mortgages for that. You see seller carries and different things happening, but um, it's it's somewhat uh, relieving, I feel, to be in a market where you don't see those utterly huge swings in values based on, you know, market collapses or, you know, crazy financial situations. Well, I mean, it just goes back to the diversification. I mean, Costa Rica is a steady eddy play here. You know, we don't see the huge peaks and valleys that you see in the US. I mean, we didn't see it much in 07, 08 either. And I don't think we'll see it again in the future just because the people that are buying here are cash buyers and they have that you know, disposable income in order, in order to do that. But let's yeah. just jump, let's just jump on Hunkial two seconds, if you don't mind me asking, just because I, I'm sure a lot of people are like here, they've got no idea where it is. 
Uh, you know, I mentioned in the intro, you know, it's kind of between Tamarindo and Nasada, which are two very well-known areas. But maybe you can give us a, a little bit of an idea because I know it's a, what I'd call a little bit more off the beaten track, which is good. Describe the area, what's it like, what's its access, how far from the airport? Absolutely. We're an hour and 15 minutes from the Liberia International Airport. Uh, one of the great things we have is super solid infrastructure where uh, in a crazy twist of history, our highway was paved before the highway out to Tamarindo. So when I was here in 2009, uh, then as a volunteer, the asphalt came out almost to Hunkiyal. And it seemed like a crazy decision on the government's part because you had this major tourism hub out to Tamarindo that was still not paved. More recently, we got this semi-asphalt coating from that asphalt down to the actual beach. So we've got great access close to the airport. Um, one of the really great strengths that we have is a solid water resource that hasn't really been overexploited because of the lack of development. The area doesn't tend to really attract international tourism because Hunkiyal itself doesn't have an amazing surf break. The you know waves we do have are somewhat inconsistent and quirky. Um, so you've never had that sort of initial impulse to set up a beach surfing village. Um, we also don't have a major national park near us, though we do have a beautiful mangrove. Um, and we're actually an end of the road beach where the spur comes out to Hunkiyal and stops at that mangrove estuary. So you never pass through here for any reason. And really, if you're in the area to surf, you would most likely go up to Playa Negra, which has, you know, a world famous break or Playa Avellanas, uh, you know, which has some amazingly consistent waves as well. Yeah. I mean, describe the what type of people live in the area. What's the schooling like, uh, you know, just to give people because, again, it's I mean, even when I talk about developed beach towns in Costa Rica, I might probably our most developed beach town is Hako. It's maybe one point two kilometers long and maybe two yep. blocks back at the most. And that's on most developed. So like, yes. it's nothing like Mexico. It's nothing like Hawaii. It's nothing like the US. I mean, so when we talk about Hunkiao, I mean, it very much is sleepy, right? Absolutely. You're looking at only, you know, three to 500 year round residents that's steadily increasing with time. There's one gated community with 75 lots in it. There are probably a total of 75 condos and a few boutique hotels that are, 15 rooms and below, you know, some gorgeous places. Uh, you know, one of the really nice things we have going for us are some well-run family businesses still in the community. Um, so we have very much, you know, this sleepy town feel. And for a long time, especially because we don't have a private school, it's been difficult for parents, uh, anybody young to invest in this area um, especially, you know, not only are they generally looking for surf and more activity, you know, something going on, uh, but also that lack of a private school option here in town is has really given sort of a flavor to who can relocate here. Now, you're definitely seeing more younger people coming in and they're gravitating a little bit towards having access to schools north of us. But some of them, you know, they have a toddler and they still have maybe three or four years before they're going to put their kids in school. So many are doing homeschool nowadays following the effects of the pandemic. 
Um, we get people who are sort of world educating their kids. Um, so that sort of opened opportunities for those people who really do have kids, uh, you know, but need to meet that education you yep. know, question. How, how, far, how far away is the uh, nearest private school? We've got about 15, you know, if you're living at the edge of Hunkial and you drive quickly to our Waldorf school, yep. it's 15 to 20 minutes straight towards Tamarindo. Yep. That itself is a very alternative kind of education and a lot of foreign parents might be more interested or a lot of people end up going to the private schools that are CREA, La Paz, and um, Educarte. Another one is Journey, Wise. There's all these schools opening up in Tamarindo and those drives are all 35, 45 minutes north of us. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents even do that. You see them putting their kids on a shuttle that comes to the neighborhood and goes all the way up there. Yep. But for sure, you know, you've seen in Nosara, the absolute explosion of the community with good private schooling options becoming available. Everything in Huacas, Villarreal, Tamarindo, Flamingo, it's supported because there are private schools. And, you know, that's, we continue to attract, yeah, people 45 to 65 a lot who don't have kids uh, or, you know, their kids have grown and left the nest and um, it still has some of that flavor to it. Awesome. Well, let's talk about, uh, again, a lot of people contact me because they're chasing cash flow returns, you know, and I always like to kind of, you know, explore this a little bit, but where do you think that can be found in your market? Meaning if someone's looking for an investment that's potentially going to produce cash flow, what would your suggestion be for them? Right now, you could absolutely be a, uh, have a good bet building some kind of medium or small multi-unit long-term rental option. And honestly, I wouldn't recommend necessarily doing it in my neck of the woods. Yep. Uh, if you moved a little closer to Tamarindo and had a fourplex, you know, five, six units that were livable for expats and sort of, you know, economical, uh, you could absolutely create steady cash flow for yourself because so many people want to live in this area. They don't have the money to buy, you know, that cash investment. Yep. Long-term rental inventory is scarce. And no matter what happens in 2022, I think that, you know, there's not going to be the creation of housing out here fast enough to accommodate the number of people who are coming and will come, you know, over the next six months. I, I think uh, so that's, that's sort of what I, I tell all kinds of people. I, I think that's smart. I mean, there is a huge lack, and I've been saying it now for 18 months of long-term rentals. Everybody chases short-term and there is a lack of long-term, but it's consistent returns. Yeah. I think you need to find it in a place. Your cost of construction is basically going to cost you the same wherever you build. And I think I always say that to people. So you're going to need to be able to find land that is not that expensive. Um, yep. You know, I mean, that's going to be basically the, uh, the, uh, the challenge, I wouldn't say challenge because it can be found, you know, you're just gonna have to hunt around for it. But absolutely. And that land that is, you know, close to a major thoroughfare to put you in the realm of possibility for people, you know, those higher rent rates, etc. I like a lot of properties where, you know, if you can get 300 to 600 meters away from a major road, yep. all of a sudden you'll see that, yeah, all of that farmland is for sale. 
you know, in between Tamarindo and Villarreal, there's all kinds of rural farms yep. that, yeah, you could say you're, you're just a four minute drive down into Tamarindo, acquire something reasonable, build this kind of investment and, you know, just wait for your rents to increase with time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that would honestly, the, what I find myself most frequently recommending would be that. And beyond that, you know, trying to steer people into, pro, you know, properties that um, really are just going to be scarce assets going forward. You know, if you can find beachfront titled, you know, land that's worth its weight in gold right now. Um, in our community, only having one gated community, all of a sudden, you know, we've had the last six remaining lots go under contract. The, you know, people who want to resell there can now increase their premium, you know, at substantial rate. So, you know, if you can find the last piece of inventory in a nice gated community, in a nice location, if you get in at a reasonable price right now, um, you know, sit next to the beach for a long time and hold it, those yep. can also be great uh, investments as well. I think that's great feedback. Thank you. Um, now, let's just go into your personal stuff a little bit. I mean, where is a place in Costa Rica that you like to go? Where do you like to go? I'd like to ask people this now just because I think it's very interesting to see where the people that live totally. here, where they go. We really, you know, the only place we've been to multiple times as a family is down in Dominical. And honestly, we don't have enormous standards. We don't do huge adventure tours, yep. this, that and the other. Uh, it's literally because we have a four and seven year old right now, you know, my, he's actually six turning seven soon. And that area is great for us to get away because we physically put six hours between ourselves and our work. Yep. So that can be really helpful. Uh, it's always going to be greener, lusher. And we just happened on a hotel that has a little putt putt course. It's only half an hour down the road to a giant plane restaurant. There's a ton of tourist stuff. So that's where we end up going down. And, you know, honestly, I see that that area has a ton of charm as well. There are more, you know, wild corners down there where you feel like you're in Jurassic Park, where Guanacaste feels like Northern California for half of the year. Yeah. Um, so we definitely, that's where we head off to and... Um, mainly it's based on the quantity of entertainment available to our little kids right now. Hey, I hear you. I got a six and eight year old. So again, yeah, I mean, life is basically keep them entertained. Totally. So, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Matt, I think I asked you this before we started recording, but what have you personally invested in and why? Oh, and this, you know, really my simple answer is that we've invested everything we have in our home and primarily because I don't have uh, access to a mortgage or a giant line of credit in the US. So we had to build our original you know, core of the house uh, using what little money we had left when we came to Costa Rica. I worked for a nonprofit until 2017. Uh, so basically we, we lived on a very humble yep. uh, sort of effort and everything we've done, the second we get our hands on more cash we like to put in playgrounds, you know, different stuff to enhance our house. And most recently, we did keep a car that rather than trading in, we're going to start renting privately long term to select clients and, you know, people we know in the community. Because there's a t 
total lack of rental cars right now. And we had a really nice older Toyota that has a lot of life left in it. So we're going to see if that works out with time and might be get a couple more cars, you know, absolute max. I think that's, that's a great my level. Of, that's a great yeah. business idea. That's a great business idea. So, yes. I, I mean, I was going to ask you if you inherited $500,000 and had to invest in a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you do? But it sounds like you'd buy more cars. But if you didn't buy more cars, what would you do? Uh, if I were specifically thinking of real estate, yep. I would probably do some kind of idea that I had mentioned, get a small plot of land in a good location, put four apartments on it that have, you know, really high standard quality, uh, and then sit on those as long-term rentals. Okay. I think that's great. Well, Matt, this has been amazing as always, full of information. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate it reaching out. Again, Hunkiao is a beautiful area for people that are looking for a sleepy, kind of more of a, I would say, authentic Costa Rican experience. So actually, Richard, I wanted to say before we started, I wrote down on this piece of paper, I was going to ask you, what is the one single word you would use to describe hunky y'all and what we have going for us? There you go. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. Exactly. I, that was my prediction. And I wanted to write it down because I also wanted to remember that's really what our scarce resource is. It's still an authentic, nice feeling community where people are really good. You know, you build real relationships. Yep. Which I think is important nowadays in age, because I mean, there are so many people living in cities or just living in places where they don't know their neighbors. But I mean, here in Costa Rica, in a lot of towns, you know, and especially beach towns, as you will know, everyone, they will know you, they are there for yeah. you, you know, in the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, that's just the beauty of a community. It is, it really is. And people most frequently comment on the fact that uh, the Costa Rican culture, the lovingness, uh, is their top reason for investing in this kind of community for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've traveled everywhere and, you know, I, I love coming back to Costa Rica just because of the people, you know, I think it may, it's what makes this country unique. I mean, it has a great canvas with regards to its mountains, um, you know, but there are a lot of countries around the world that have, that are beautiful, just the, no, no country is like Costa Rica and the people. Totally. For sure. Which I, put, I put it down to Costa Rica's never suffered. Um, you know, I mean, it's always been pretty hey, chilled here. Well, right? let's remember that, that the Spanish colonization well, yeah, had plenty I mean, of suffering. To... But I mean, really, I mean, I mean, the last thing that really happened here was what in 46, 47, the Civil yeah, War. Yeah, Costa then... Rica has suffered a lot less in recent yep. memory. Let's yep. put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> well, also, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time out. Absolutely, uh, Rich. You have, you have a great weekend. and I'm sure Thank you very much. Time. Will do. Absolutely. Hey guys, another great episode there uh, with Matt. I really appreciate him uh, uh, coming on the uh, podcast and chatting with us. As you can see there, he's a wealth of information. I think for anybody that's looking for more of a authentic kind of sleepy, um, you know, beach town, Hunkiao is definitely a great location. Again, the infrastructure there is amazing. It has asphalt roads. It has great water. Uh, it's south of Tamarindo, north of Nasada, an hour and 15 minutes from the airport. Um, again, it, I don't think it's going to see the explosion, uh, you know, that he'd mentioned that Tamarindo and those areas have because it doesn't have the surf. But I think for anybody that's looking for more of a, again, a chilled life, uh, it's definitely an, a good area and a good long, long-term investment. And of course, they do have titled beachfront there, which you'll 
probably not find. I think only like 2% of like Costa Rica's beach, uh, basically coastline is, is titled and, and quite a bit of it is there. But well, anyway, guys, uh, remember, if you want to contact me, you can do info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, I've been absolutely crazily busy recently just helping people make investments here, uh, helping them not make bad investments here and giving them the reality of the situation. Uh, again, usually people hire me to work for them uh, so that I have an unbiased opinion. I give them the truth. Uh, you know, I trust and verify, dot the I's, cross the T's, uh, make sure that everything, uh, that a property that's buying has everything, uh, as well as, you know, give people access to my network as well. So anyway, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, you can do info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, and uh, there'll be plenty more episodes to come, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye.